Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we start part five, Golden Wind, with the first four episodes. There's a mountain, and it's mighty high. You cannot see the top, unless you fly. And there's a molehill, a proven ground. Ain't nowhere to go, if you hang around. already been sold Everybody wants to tell what's already been told What's the use of money if you ain't gonna break the mold Even at the center of the fire There is cold All that glitter things that makes me feel the most conflicted is uh when i watch the last picture show because let me tell you i don't know who i'm hornier for sybil shepherd or jeff bridges i had the same dilemma tonight because i also watched the last picture show yeah how'd you like it not as much as i think most people do Seems like that's a common thread for all of these, except for the weird monkeys movie. <laughs> uh, it's not a bad movie. There were just some sections of it that I don't know. I was having a hard time getting into that one compared to the other ones. You don't like when the guy just gets hit by a bus out of nowhere at the end? No, I do like that. And then all the <laughs> okay. guys standing around him going like, well, he's retarded, so who cares? <laughs> uh, the like, 50s actually, were the... a different time. <laughs> They absolutely well, not that different. Um, yeah. No, that's actually the 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 segment of that movie I like the most is the whole ending, like at the point where he marries Sybil Shepherd's character, and then up until the very end, because that is the part where everything just gets so relentlessly depressing. And I yeah. feel like the payoff to everything is really, really good in that movie. Like the final scene with Ruth in the kitchen, and she throws the coffee, and then. It's like, no, I'm over you. This is fucked up. Like, you can't come back here. And then sort of realizing that that is all, like, it's a front that she's putting on. She still wants him. Uh, I'm blanking on that character's name now, suddenly. Uh, uh, Sonny? That's it. I Jeff Bridges wanted is... to... D- Dwayne. Yeah, I keep wanting to flip it the other way around is my problem. What was Sybil Shepherd's uh, name? Because it was weird. It's a weird name. I watched it tonight and I really couldn't even tell you. <laughs> well, great. Yeah. That's that's a great movie. I like the part where they paid the possibly mentally handicapped kid uh, to have sex with an adult woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then they tell Sam about it like it's no big deal. And he's, he's just staring he's not at them happy. like... No, he's like, I never want to see any of you pieces of shit again. Yeah. It done paid for my boy to get molested. The fuck is wrong with you? It's okay, because then he, like, gives the money, and they go on a trip, and then come back <laughs> later. It's like, oops, he died while we were gone. Whoopsie doodle. Oops. Didn't even listen to his advice not to drink the uh, water in Mexico. Sure. 
So Jeff Bridges has a tummy ache. Yeah. Oh boy. No, it's not a bad movie. I just I I think there were some stretches of that where I was having a hard time kind of sticking with it. And it's mostly right. near like the, it's mostly near the start. I think that movie has like a really slow start before it kind of gets going into what it's like about. Well, you know, again, like these are early independent movies, you know. Yeah, that's like what seventy one, seventy two, something like that. Yeah, and then it's all shot in black and white. Well, yeah, and it takes place in like fifty two. I think is where they said that thing. Yeah. You're not one of those people that's like, ugh, black and white. No. Right? No, I, I thought that was an interesting choice that they're setting this movie in the 50s and filming it all in black and white. Uh-huh. And, like, I'm not, I'm not sure why. I, I don't know if they had a specific reason for that because I've not read up about it yet. I there were bet... some parts where it seemed like the sets looked like they would maybe be super bad if they were in color. I feel like it was probably intentional and, like, meant to evoke the nostalgia of the 50s. And like to sort of offset that with like here's what's this is what was actually happening in the fifties. Horace Leachman had this kid as her boy toy. <laughs> it's pretty messed up. Oh god. Yeah. No, like I, I know that that would definitely be a choice, but there like I said, there were moments like the pool house especially, like some of the sets seemed like they were made like super on the cheap. And sure. kind of made me wonder if it was partly like more of a a necessity to hide that movie's budget or something like that. I don't. Nah, I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't think that's the reason for the black and white anyway. Hmm. That's a good movie. Yeah. Five Easy Pieces is next. That's yeah. the one that everyone seems way into. And it is the best one, but also I do really like. The others, and you didn't seem to care about those, so... No, I I like them. I like Easy Rider a whole lot. The only bits in Easy Rider that I couldn't quite get into were, like, the long musical interludes, because nothing really happens at that, and they kind of... They, they go on, man. Well, yeah. The best ones of those are the ones with Jack Nicholson, because he's just making really great faces the entire sure. time, but there's only, like, two of those, I think. Uh, I don't know. No, I I really like all those movies so far. I if I seem down on them, that's not the way I actually feel. Okay. Uh, we watched something else though. Did we? An anime, some would say. Oh right, I rewatched all the rebuild of Evangelion. So let's hop right into it. All right. So Shinji, he comes. He's gonna stay with Masato. He's got a note. <laughs> he's like. There's this weird lady, you have to stay in her apartment. She's got a penguin. Yeah, it sleeps inside its own, like, little refrigerated area and drinks beer. Yeah. Pimpin's great. It's the best not character in Evangelion. Yeah, not a lot of Pimpin in Rebuild of Evangelion. Uh, also, kind of still upset that in the end of Evangelion, they didn't have a scene where Pimpin gets turned into Tang. Yeah. I really like that this is how we're starting our part five discussion because there are probably going to be a lot of new people and <laughs> just wander in here. It's like, why are they talking about a black and white movie from 1971? I don't care about Rebuild of Gill, and they're not putting another one of those movies out for like at least five more years. Yeah. 
actually the next one's out in like 2020 which still seems way too long i don't believe i'll believe it when i see it i think the last one came out in like what 2014 sounds right oh god what a mess we had to go make that uh, a godzilla movie yeah i mean it was a good godzilla I don't know. I haven't seen it. It also had that song that plays during the battle scenes in Evangelion, which is also just completely ripped off from from Russia with Love. Alright. Yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 Golden Wind, yep. as they call it in this. Yeah! Not Vento uh, got... Oreo. No. Real quick, just... You can cut this thing out. I meant to mention it to you before we recorded. If I cut out again, like, actually let me know so I can just fix it. I think it should be fine today, though. Okay, you did very briefly earlier, but that was alright. It's not nearly as much as it was last time. And I'm not going to cut this out, because that'll be too much effort. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. <laughs> the year's 2001! Yeah. Turn of the uh, century. Everyone's got, like, one of those little, like, it's Britney Spears, and you got the tiny little cassette, and it just plays, like, one song. Yeah. Giorno has, like, a ton of those, man. He's just turning shit into them. What about those things that were like that, but uh, they only played, like, 30 seconds? Like, what were they called, like, clippets or something? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Like, just little clips of a song. Also reminds me of, like, when you could, like, play episodes of Pokemon on your Game Boy Advance. Oh, yeah. I had an Ed, Ed, and Eddie cartridge for my Game Boy Advance. <laughs> the early 2000s sucked. Yeah. We're in the city of Naples. City of crime. Uh-huh. And uh, young men who like to show their chest off. Young men. Like to show their chest off, I say, young men. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, when you get this whole group of freaks together at the end of these episodes, it's really something. <laughs> so a whole, whole bunch of dudes just dressed up like Rohan from the end of the last part. Sure. I saw one dude in this thing that's just got a bunch of holes in his clothes all over the place. I love it. I mean, even Jotaro, when you see him in his new costume here, Oh god, yeah, no Jotaro getting slimmer with every single season, by the way Yeah Just a thick hunk of meat in part 3 And by this point, he is life Yes, I love it This yeah. is the part where Araki, like, fully embraced his love of twinks <laughs> Like, he he was kind of going in that direction before But this time, it is full on Yep Everyone's got full, thick lips, bare chests, lashes for days. It's great. Part five. So, I yeah. So like, Jordan's just like bumming around, and uh, he like bumps into a couple of ladies and sort of like pit pockets money from them. Yeah. So you know he's a bad boy. He's a bad JoJo. Doing crime. Well, another guy pickpockets them, and then he gets the wallet back, but then he also manages to get the money out of the wallet with his special trick. 
Yeah, which is like turning it into butterflies and then they return to him and it turns back into money. Yeah. So we hey, find out some, uh... that's his stand power. Is yeah. he can turn inanimate objects into something that's alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uses that and buys the kid some ice cream, which is very nice gesture, so now you know he's not that bad of a JoJo. Uh, also kind of like uh, plays into something that happened to him in the past, so that's neat when you see the second episode and you kind of make that connection. Sure. Also, I'm not quite sure I have a read on this JoJo yet, because some stuff happens near the end of this chunk of episodes that makes me wonder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is like, my takeaway from these four episodes is this is a weird mix of Joe's K from part four not wanting to, like, get his hands too dirty, and Jotaro from part five who would just punch people until... Who would just punch people until what? They blew up. Oh, yes. Just exploded. Also, you mean part three. I Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, so... At the airport, uh, we got this guy named Leaky Eye Luca, because uh, his eye just, like, constantly is producing gunk. So this guy showed up, and somebody called him Luca, and at that point I thought, ah, that's right, oh, Leaky Eye Luca, and I thought, this is a funny name, I'm gonna say it when we do this, and it'll be a good joke. And then, <laughs> that's what people actually call him. Yeah, he's got, like, sort of reminded me of uh, Crying Mad Mickelson's character oh. from uh, Casino Royale, except instead of blood, it's just crappy-ass tears. Yeah. Lachif. Boring old. Yeah, Lachif. Uh Also from Italy. Uh, fine Italian name. Uh, so, he's... Uh, uh, okay. I'm sorry? I've, I think he was French. No, Lashif's an Italian name. I have Italian family. It's an Italian name. You can trust me. So, uh, Luca is beating the crap out of some guy because he, like, uh, shortchanged him. Like, it's it's one of his men who isn't, like, making good on his dues, basically. Uh-huh. He's not earning. Yeah. And so, Luca is, like... He's savaging him, and then I, he pulls out, like, a shovel. Yep. Which is, like, his thing, is to go at you with a shovel until, you know, you're dead. I mean, it's a good approach. Yeah. If you're no, in his line good, of business. Yeah, it's a great gimmick. I mean, you can beat you know, him to death no, and then dig their grave with it. It's, yeah. it's efficient. Look, it's no, it's no Triple H sledgehammer, but I'm into it. No. Luca, the cerebral assassin. That's right. Well, I mean, look, considering what happens later to his brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also in Naples, also at the airport, is a wee little boy who got lost named Koichi Hyros. Hyros, yep, he's back. He's back, it's Koichi, everyone. So it's the it's the JoJo's thing of a character from the previous part carries over into the next one and is a fairly regular character, which so far has mostly just been, with the exception of part two, which was like Speedwagon, it's mostly been another JoJo because it was Joseph in part three, Jotaro and Joseph in part four, 
Uh, but instead of Josuke, we get Koichi. Yeah, I well, Jotaro does appear here a few times, but he isn't actually. Yeah. he's not in country, as you might say. I wonder if Koichi sticks around past this because last we see in um, episode four here, he's kind of like, ah, JoJo's probably all right. Yeah. So I don't know. Because the point of him uh, coming here is that Jotaro has realized somehow that Dio has a son. Yes. And so he wants to, like, get a bead on this guy. Yeah, uh, it was conceived it, with the body that uh, the Jonathan Joestar body they had. Which made me think for a long time what exactly that makes his relation to everyone else. And then I just gave up after a bit and looked up I am my own grandpa from the stupids. Okay, yeah. Great movie by the way. Very I mean, underappreciated. I'll answer all of your questions and more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, help me break it down. Uh yeah, conceived with Jonathan Joestar's body, so he is the son, the direct son of Jonathan Joestar. Uh, make him what, Jotaro's uncle? It would be like his great uncle, because he would be Joseph's uncle. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, jo- I like now that Jotaro's got two uncles that are younger than him. So yeah. Oh right, yeah, because of Josuke too. This family is completely fucked. Wait, Josuke would be his cousin. Right? His brother. Half brother? No, because so no. Joseph. Joseph is Jotaro's grandpa. And Joseph had a, another child directly under him, so it would be his uncle, because he, Josuke is uh, Jotaro's mother's brother. This has got to be the strangest thing I ever saw. As husband of my grandmother, Jotaro's mom was made with Joseph's sperm. Joseph's sperm also made Josuke. So because the sperm that made him is the same sperm that made his mom, that makes him Thanks, Tom Arnold. So, uh, yeah, Koichi's here uh, trying to find uh, Giorno, and uh, basically, so Giorno's doing this, like, taxi gig thing, and he picks Koichi up without sort of, like, either of them realizing who the other person is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Giorno's got this, like, scam that he's running, basically. He's going to, like, help you put your luggage into his taxi and he's just going to take off without you in it well first he pays off two cops with cigarettes and also demonstrates his special party trick which is that he can fold his ear inside his head oh, i forgot that happens here yeah yeah twist it all in which is actually like super gross to me like something about this animation and the way that it looks yeah so i had mentioned before when i'd skipped around i didn't think the animation looks so good here uh i take that back because there's a lot of really good stuff in these episodes it's just like you kind of have to watch it all as one piece i still do not like the backgrounds though like they've gone back to the part three thing of them just looking like regular backgrounds instead of the stylized weirdness of part four Sure. Yeah, it's got like less of a look in, as far the skies as like, are blue again. Sure. 
it doesn't bother me as much as it seems to be bothering you, uh, but I agree that like it's definitely losing something aesthetically that made Part 4 stand out so much. I think if you just repeated that again, though, it would also lack a unique quality to it. So I don't really know what they could have done with this to make it kind of stand out from both Part 4 and Parts 1 through 3. I feel like it should have had like a very painted look. Like, everything in the background should have looked uh, almost like a Bob Ross painting or something. Like, very colorful and, like, not... Uh, just basically the opposite of Part 4, where it had these thick lines and weird, almost inverted colors for a lot of stuff. This, everything was very cartoonish about Yeah, like, part do, do the opposite, where it's, like, completely realistic, uh, and then these weird animes in front of it. That right. would have been great. Yeah, like especially because the character models are a lot more detailed this time around too. Yeah, I feel that would maybe clash less. I was going to say like maybe something like a loop on the third uh, part. I forget the one where they're in Italy. Part four, five. Wait, yes. Whoa, four. wait, what? <laughs> okay, I was going to say if loop on part five also took place in Italy, does that mean this is like? universe thing going on no i forgot four was italy five is france i was going to ask what lupon stand would be but then i remembered someone on twitter had tweeted out uh on the day that kanye west was looking for hideo kojima he was just like 100 <laughs> percent. yeah kanye west and so apparently he didn't hear about this kanye west was in new york city had heard that hideo kojima was also in new york city and started tweeting out in like all capital letters like Hideo Kojima, we need to meet. Can someone tell me where Kojima is? <laughs> okay, great. Uh, and so someone I follow had uh, tweeted out, like, 100% Kanye West has a stand. And so I was like, his stand would be called You're So Vain. And it would be that he could put delusions into your head that would become so great, you could no longer discern them from reality. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, What's I was really stand? proud of that. Oh, God. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of how to make one out of Here's to You because he really likes that song. Mm. Uh, I mean, it could be nuclear. That's yeah, true. He really likes that, too. His stand is just named Garbage. <laughs> I wonder if there is a JoJo stand it named just Garbage. Makes people crap just makes people crap their pants because oh, kojima's no. also way into that too yeah the stand just looks like a weird metallic version of johnny sasaki oh god you can comp you compulsively have to rip off your big toenails oh oh <laughs> boy i explained that to somebody at work uh that bit about uh death stranding and they insisted that that was not like in engine I was like, I don't know, man, like, all of Metal Gear Solid Five stuff was in-engine, and they refused to believe it. <laughs> Wait, why? They, like, to be fair, they don't play a lot of modern games, so I think that they had just been in that condition to believe, okay, well, anything that you're shown in an advertisement looks better than the final product. Oh. Uh, so I don't think they had spent any time with Metal Gear Solid Five to know that that actually looks as good in the cutscene. And to clarify, you mean Metal Gear Solid V? Sure. Yeah. So, unless you're talking about Luigi... Peace Walker, 
Because I would accept that being called five. Uh, anyway, point point is Death Don't groan at me. Uh, 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 uh. Koichi almost gets scammed. Yeah, no, Koichi. Koichi, smart boy, good little man, uh, does not get scammed. He uh, manages to get in the car. Yeah. By I thought you were going to build up that. He gets in the car by stopping it with Echoes Act Three. Uh, well, this to clarify, is why people know we're such is, great friends because we got perfect play off each other. Oh yeah. No. Well, the thing is, I thought you were going to clarify that he puts his luggage in the car and then. Oh right, yeah. Jorno like drives off with the luggage. That's why he stops it. Instead, you're just like, well, he uses the echoes to stop the car and gets in, and it'd be like, wait, what? Why? Well, I mean, that's what happens. Yes, but you need context. <laughs> Nonsense. Look, you're dedicated to this play-by-play thing, and now we're stuck with it. So, Koichi gets in the car. Uh, he wants to be taken around Italy, uh, shown a good time. He wants to get some spaghetti, get some meatballs, get a little bit of uh, Chianti. That's how you say that? I'm pretty sure. So, sure. yeah. Uh boy. So... Like, he stops... No, so, okay, he stops the car with that three. Car's completely stuck there. Giorno doesn't know what the hell is going on. This is sort of where we first find out that, like, Giorno doesn't necessarily know what stands are or that other people have them. Like, to him, this is just, like, an ability that he has had most of his life. Nope. And it's completely unique to him. It's pretty recent. Because remember, they say his hair turned blonde around the time that the stand manifested. Oh, that's right. But I thought that the flashback had him doing... Because, like, the... the That's not quite true. Because when that guy is, like, this is getting ahead, but he's, like, pointing them in the other direction from the guy he's trying to protect, like, the grass around that guy... Was like oh, growing yeah, but he didn't him. have control over it yet. It yeah, says, but, like, he didn't my... actually mean to. Yeah, sure, but but I'm just saying, like, he has had that, like, in him for most of his life. Well, yeah. He's, like, yes, he's he's not been aware of it until a certain point. Um, yes. Like, well, him actually having gold golden experience, like, pop up behind him. Yes, he had the that power happened. to some extent, but he was not, like, actually a stand user, as he would call them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... But but yeah, point point is he doesn't know other people can do this stuff. Otherwise, he probably would be like, "Oh, hey, my car completely stalled out. Maybe this guy has a stand that he's using or something." Uh, but instead, he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here," and like, just flees the scene. And then Koichi goes to get his bag, but instead, there is a frog in its place. Yep, frog egg. Once again, Koichi uh... comes face to face with an egg. Uh, I like eggs. Sure. Thanks for the input. Some equal, some quality content here. Just uh, silence, just and then you're saying, "Ah, uh, I like <laughs> eggs." 
just remembering that I got a lot of eggs in my fridge that I need to actually do something with because it was like a bug for 18 eggs. I was like, Great. well, that's a lot of eggs. That's a lot of egg. What I said. Right there in the egg aisle with everybody watching. In front of God and everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just turned them on. I said, I like eggs. Give me the oh, egg. Uh, yes, okay, frog. Frog, yes. Frog in the car. Frog uh, hops away. Uh, elsewhere, Giorno is uh, waiting around for his little frog to show up so he could turn it back into Queechy's suitcase and take all his stuff. When Luca approaches him and he demands his money. Luca wants his money. Yep. Where's my money? That's his whole thing. Money, money, money. <laughs> money, money. God. Uh, so, uh, Giorno's just like, I don't got your fucking money. Mm-hmm. I use your money to, you know, pay the guards off. I don't got anything. I could put my ear inside of my head. That does anything for you. Like, why exactly does Luca come up to him? It was uh, something that the guy from before they killed with the shovel told him. Was it? I think like it was he... just like we're we're not making as much money because this kid is running a scam. Yeah, I was wondering if it was that or if it was like the airport is part of Luca's turf or whatever, so he wants a cut of his scam money or something. I, I think it's both. I think it's this guy going like, hey, we've not made money here because some dude cut in on our, our turf and is taking money from our operation. So that is why I don't have your game. And then so Luca, a reasonable man, kills him. And now he's going to kill Giorno. Because uh-huh. that'll fix everything. Oh, yeah. If you want people well, to pay I you, the best thing to do is <laughs> make sure they can't pay you anymore. Well, I did two murders, so uh, that takes care of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Luca wants Jorna to pay up and uh, like takes his wallet, and that is when he sees the photo of one Dio Brando. Yep, the one taken from the Polaroid that Joseph punched. Yep. I'm very curious to find out how that ended up in there. Ah, and then... Yeah. Uh, the frog jumps up onto Giorno, uh, and it causes Luca to get, like, super mad about frogs for some reason. <laughs> Luca hates frogs. That's the number one thing everybody knows about leaky-eyed Luca. <sighs> yeah, loves shovels, hates frogs, and Luca able to work his passion into his hatred because he just bashes his frog with the shovel. Yep. Uh, which Jordan told him not to do. He's like, that's going to be a bad idea. And then we find out the other part of Jorno's power. Yes. So the damage that he did to the frog is reflected back on Luca. And as a result, uh, the cerebral assassin has his head caved in in the shape <laughs> of a shovel. Yep. <sighs> oh, boy. So, you know, 
still two murders took place, but I don't think quite the way Luca had planned it out. I mean, one you could say is a suicide. That's true. Yeah. Suicide by Jojo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the frog turns into Koichi's luggage and Jorno. Uh, everything's coming up Jorno. He's having a pretty good day, all things considered. Uh, and so then we, like, this is where we get all the, the stuff about, like, what Koichi is actually doing here. He calls up Jotaro on the phone. Jotaro's like, eh, starfish. Eh. Well, it shows him, like, actually sitting with Jotaro at, like, I guess back in Morio. I'm not uh, sure. Dolphins, Dio Brandos, Dams, uh, Humpback Whales. I'm Jotaro. Yeah, Jotaro really leans into his new marine biologist role. Uh, I'm guessing right now Jotaro ain't going to punch anything by the end of this part. I think that the two bits that we've gotten with him in these like four episodes are like all that we are going to get with him. I think so too. So I'm happy to be free from Jotaro's like vortex of suck. <laughs> Oh, come on. He, you were like, oh, in part four, he becomes a character. I disagree. He, <laughs> he looked at a starfish and he made a thesis about it. And yes. that was like it. Ah, uh, he's all right. He mostly shows up and just like, hey, guys, I forgot what my powers are because I'm a fucking idiot. He's all right. Punches Kira at the end of Jotaro sucks. In all parts. I like the way he dresses in part four and by extension part five, and that is it. That's all the patience I will afford Jotaro. Alright. So anyway, Koichi shows back up and he's just like, Hey You're the Guido that stole my luggage. Hey now. <laughs> There's a character in this called Guido Mista. I'm allowed to say it. Well, that's his name. We're going to be saying it so much. Well, yeah. So? You don't say that about Jorno. Well, look, as it turns out, Jorno is not actually Italian, so... You know, whatever. Well, he's half Italian. No, because, like, his mom's Japanese. And his he dad's Dio. Is? I don't even know what Dio's deal is, but I'm pretty sure he ain't Italian. And Dio's British. It's not... Oh, yeah. I thought it was yeah. Mom was Italian. Okay. No, oh, it's Mom's Japanese, because she went right. back to Japan. And then she's like, uh, I'm going to go out and drink and get a ton of dick, and then move to <laughs> Italy and just really fuck this boy's life up. Yeah, she's a bad mom. Bad Mom's yeah. Christmas, available now. Yeah, she had sex with Dio. Of course she's a bad mom. <laughs> I mean, Dio let her live, which tells you she must have been pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, so, uh, trying to remember where I'm at here. Koichi shows up. Uh, he's like, you took my luggage. I want my luggage back. And they start getting into it. Like, Jorno tries to run away, but, like, Echoes, like, weighs his hand down. So uh -huh. Jorno has to summon up gold experience, and he makes a tree, and the tree takes him all the way up to the roof, and he's like, Peace. Your luggage is mine. 
Yeah. I have a passport. Now he can't leave. And for some reason, uh, Koichi decides to try to use echoes to just punch the tree instead of just weighing Jorno yeah. down. Uh, well, I think his uh, range would be too limited for that. Because uh, remember, he he can only he can only inflict that on someone like I want to say five meters away. It's from what I remember. He can use it at longer ranges, it just won't be as strong. Like, it's stronger the closer he gets. But remember, yeah, like, he, he weighs down Kira while they're running to him. Yeah, so, it's not quite consistent, because he was also weighing down sheer heart attack, and it was specifically like, hey, if we move any further back, it's going to break off of this thing, and it's going to come at you again. Well, yeah. Like, but... look, I'm not, I'm not saying that he couldn't he could probably actually do that now because when I think back on it, it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the rules probably changed at some point for that. Also, Koichi might have just gotten better. That's like, true. He's pretty quick at pulling out echoes and stopping the car. Or he could have remembered that he could roll it back to Act 1 and just, like, follow him. Mm-hmm. Koichi's still a dum-dum, yeah. I think is... <laughs> where we're falling I mean, on this. He, he only does that rollback thing once though and I wonder if like what the deal is with that like maybe he can't do that anymore like maybe Not that was sure. just something where Araki wrote himself into a corner and was like oh by the way also he can go back to a previous form yeah yeah probably like actually yes that's probably what it was is Araki <laughs> wrote himself into a corner and that was the only way out of it uh, this is a good series. Yep. So, Giorno is uh, now in a funny cular funicular. What? Funicular? F U N I C U L A R. Help. <laughs> what am I trying to say? You're Help. trying to say a train? I don't know, I'm reading this off of the wiki It says vernacular I don't know what the fuck that is <laughs> That might be a word that the wiki made up For all I know Okay Well, just say train <laughs> Your Jojo wiki makes me feel like I'm having a stroke All the time Uh Yeah, he's in a train Whatever You really need to it's go back to making notes Especially <laughs> yes, now yeah. Because now I can't bail you out because this is new to me too. Uh no, I'm I'm gonna go back to take it does. It it was a weird situation this week too where I had to cram like four episodes into one sitting and I had to like move. So, but anyway. Guy shows up, he's uh got a, a very unfortunate haircut, a bowl cut. Yeah. With very long sideburns. Uh, he is wearing a white suit that looks not too dissimilar from Jorno's because he also has like a sideburns. Open... Like it falls down long on the sides and then it kind of like gets short up over his bang. It's a terrible haircut. Oh, it's great. But yeah, those aren't sideburns. I Well, I don't know. Look, I barely have hair. <laughs> You're telling me. I go in there and I just tell them, like, look, make this so short that I don't got to do anything with it. And then they ask me, oh, well, what number you want? And then I'm like, I don't fucking know. 
One. Two. Just make it short. So, so this this guy, uh, his suit looks very similar to Giorno's. It almost has like a heart shape pattern to it too. It's like sort of off a little bit. It's like lumpier, but uh-huh. still like looks like it's the same thing going on. Anyway, uh, he That's shows how you up. Can tell he's gonna be a main character. Yeah, like the the similarities between the, the their two designs made me feel like very early on, like oh, I these are going to be like your two main protagonists. Like, this guy is going to be Giorno's right-hand man or vice versa or something like that. He's, from what I understand, he's not quite the, like, Okuyasu. Like, Guido is like the Okuyasu or Polnareff. Uh, Bucciarati is maybe more like a Kakuin, I mm. think. Where the, Wild they talk. kind of... Yes, and like you're never quite sure, like, where he falls... At least that's what I think. Again, this is new to me, so. Mm. Well, so uh, this this whole scene is like really, really, really intensely weird, and I'm trying to remember exactly how it plays out. Because <laughs> like he's explaining how he can observe like someone's sweat and its taste and determine whether or not they're lying. Uh huh. And he basically, he does the Larry David, like, stare down to Jorno. Yeah. And, then, he's and like, then once he... Okay. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> and leaves. And then... He's trying to figure out whether or not Jorno killed Luca, who is his boss. Yeah. Well... Or one of his bosses. It, it's... It's a member of the same gang that he is a part of. And his boss has ordered him to go get to the bottom of Luca's death. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's he's satisfied by it, and he kind of leaves. And then, do you want to explain what he does? Well, uh, Giorno opens his hand, and there is an eyeball in it, for one thing. Uh, and then Bucciarati appears in the window behind Giorno and licks him. He's like, ah, he's like, ah. it's lie sweat. Got the taste of a liar on you. Uh-huh. I've tasted oh, me man. a lot of liars, boy. Bruno could probably make a sick-ass comic, everything that he's just licking up. Mm-hmm. The Rohan school of manga. So, <laughs> yeah, he then starts attacking Giorno, uh, just, like, beating the crap out of him, and Giorno suddenly discovers that... Uh, where he has been hit, there is now a zipper, like, on his throat. Well, wait, um, first, uh, Giorno barfs up some fingers. Oh, that's right. I thought that happened at the same time as the eyeball, but, yeah, that's... No. I, think, that's... I think this bit, he gets hit, and then, like, the fingers come out of his mouth. Uh, yes, maybe. Um... But uh, that's when he says the boss just finished off Luca because even though he was technically alive, uh, not much point in that anymore. It's just the scene from the last picture show. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) what was he doing with that shovel? That's what I want to (laughs) know. They're very good references for a core audience. 
<laughs> Bruno running up crying going, He was just trying to hustle some people, you monster. <laughs> Giorno bashes a bottle on the side of Bruno's head. <laughs> oh, that reference is just for us. All of these are... You think your stupid's <laughs> reference is for anybody else? Uh, I want to do a podcast where we just watch the stupid's and review it. <laughs> anyway, Get stupid Larry and George. Bruno uh, Bucciarati continues to punch Giorno and then zippers start appearing on him, just like how yeah. uh, Bruno has a bunch of zippers on his outfit. And uh, this leads to uh, his stand's power, which his stand, uh, you know, the the dub has a lot of stand name changes. It does. And, and uh, I don't some think of we find out this one until the next episode. No, though. we don't. But I'm just gonna bring it up here. Okay. Uh, in Japanese, his stand is called Sticky Fingers, which is a great name. Like that's a really good pun, considering it. For anyone listening who doesn't know somehow It's named after the Rolling Stones album Sticky Fingers Which famously featured like an actual zipper on the cover So great, good job Araki That's a really good and pun if, And if you had to then avoid a copyright concern What would you name it? Well, I would probably go with something that was like a synonym Like a, I don't know, like gooey digits or something like that's yep, that's, that's generally how they go with it. Yeah, that's the one that I pitched you was Goopy Digits. Oh, is it? Okay, great. Yeah. I didn't yeah. remember exactly what you said. Well, as it turns out, they went with Zipperman. Yeah, great. Did you look up and find out if this was like a dragon thing? Or is it like, I oh, actually, so. this is a really good name because it's this other music thing? I I doubt it. Like, I think that's just Zipperman. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Yep. Especially because you hear him say Sticky Fingers. <laughs> like, yep. again, that's the thing. Is you always hear them say the correct name because they, they say it in English. But, mm-hmm. like, this one's more stark than it has traditionally been because Zipperman is not at all even in the same ballpark as Sticky Fingers. No, apparently Zipperman is what they've been using for a while too Because it's uh, that's what they called it in All-Star Battle and Eyes of Heaven I never really knew that because I didn't play as any of the characters I didn't recognize So, yeah they've, well, they've really committed to this terrible no-effort name Someone sleeping on the job no. Got hit in the head with a shovel Came into work anyway I don't know, Zipperman I mean, especially when you've got like, So they re- also re- Renamed um, Gold Experience Golden Wind Which sure. I don't Like, okay, I guess There's nothing really wind Related about him but... No, but I mean, it's the name of the part Yeah Because like, isn't that what Ventoero would translate to anyway Is Golden Wind Yes, but like that, uh, I get. But like, they don't rename. Um... All right, sure. I mean, I I was gonna say like, 
Okay, Crazy Diamond got renamed Shining Diamond, but like they didn't change Star Platinum to Stardust Crusader. You yeah, know? like they, they obviously did. they didn't have to change Star Platinum because that's not a copyrighted thing, but it just seems weird. It does, look, I mean, Zipperman is easily the worst one we've ever had so far, though. Other than you, you did look up a little bit ahead to find out what the name of another character's standard is, and I would argue that one is even worse. I'm trying to remember what it is now. It's, yeah, I think you said that, like, instead of sex pistols, it oh. is six bullets. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one's pretty bad. Which, man... Fuck. I mean, at least that. Yeah. I think Zipperman's <sighs> worse. I. That is such a toss up for me. They're both so terrible. Yeah. Anyway. We, the weird thing up. is, we actually get a pretty good um, name change for a stand featured in these episodes, but they never say it in the episode. Oh, yeah. Uh. Pulpos. Yeah. And yeah. I don't actually know what the name is. I didn't I didn't look it, it up. It's or... originally Black Sabbath and um the changed version I I guess like from games or something is Shadow Sabbath. Which is alright, because you know it keeps the same sort of meaning and he does like his power is related to shadows, so okay, sure. Yeah. Zipper Man, though. Six bullets. Zipper Man. Yeah. Manga anime differences. In oh, the manga, boy. they don't call him Zipper Man. <laughs> well, they don't call him anything. The only yet. difference you need. Let's see. I'm I'm going to kind of scan these and. Uh, there's some extra scenes. Oh, Koichi's narration about the year being 2001 and how humans already traveled all the way to Jupiter in 2001, A Space Odyssey, is omitted. Instead, it begins with Giorno. So originally the manga just started with Koichi rambling about a Kubrick movie? I kind of wish they left that in. <laughs> all right. Several Koichi's going to start a Kubrick podcast with Jotaro one of these days. Oh no. Several scenes are added compared to the original manga. Expository scenes of the crime wave plaguing Naples, such as frequent thefts, corrupt, corrupt policemen, or drug deals are added. Uh, Giorno is... Uh, oh, the whole thing with the uh, turning money into butterflies is new. Hmm. Um... The introduction with Luca is new So apparently Originally he just shows up to Giorno And immediately dies uh, Flashbacks right. to Koichi Being stabbed by the arrow The arrow itself and Dio's battle Against Shotaro are added Extra scenes of Giorno Entering Naples funicular There it is uh, Followed hey. by Bruno Bucciarati Are added while Koichi phones Jotaro can you see how that word would maybe screw someone up like me, a dumbass? <laughs> I was going to say no, but I could see how it would screw up you. So yeah. You know, it's like banicula. Banicular. What did I call it originally? A, a funny killer? <laughs> Probably. Oh god. 
All of Koichi's narration is removed, such as him detailing the mission Jotaro gave him at the start, as well as how he felt seeing Jorno's serene expression when Jorno failed to steal his luggage. The photo of Dio that Jorno keeps in his wallet is now the same image taken by Joseph Joestar during Stardust Crusaders with the Dio Brando writing omitted. So I guess originally it was not the same picture. Is this a normal picture of Dio? Uh, probably? I don't know. Huh. Uh, Hmm. Did they just have... worry people wouldn't rec- they like they needed the Dio pose that people went, oh, Dio. Maybe. Yeah, I uh... remember him. I'm trying to see. I'm looking at the chapter list. I'm wondering if there's like a uh, uh, gallery that would show the photo. Eh, I don't see it anywhere. I'm not going to keep looking. Oh. Yeah, I'll look it up later. Um... Jotaro's office, oh, skipping ahead, but Jotaro's office was expanded upon with many books, an aquarium, marine biology supplies, and displays of aquatic animals. It also has other pictures of Giorno when he was younger as Haruno Shiobana, as well as photos of Dio, Giorno's mother, and Giorno's stepfather. Uh, I find where I skipped. Koichi There's a lot of... What? I was going to say, I, I did look over it uh, before we did this. There's a lot of differences in the first episode. Yeah. Um, Koichi using Echo's Act 1 to find Jorno is omitted. So he does try it in the manga. Huh. He calls out to the security guards nearby instead. So they changed that to make Koichi look dumber. Well, great. Uh, the scene where Koichi and Jotaro meet regarding Haruno Shiobana is moved to an outside cafe in Morio. Okay, it didn't actually look like Morio, though. Yeah. Didn't uh, they not do the... Well, they also didn't do, like, the strange colors for no. Morio. But just Which, the, I, the okay, look, look bigger. Like, that's the exception that I have, though, right? Like, I'm not that upset that they're not styling this the same way they did Part 4, but, like, if you're going to make a cut over to Morio, it should be in the Part 4 style, because Morio's weird, man. Sure. Um, five girls crowded around Giorno to act to hang out with him at the cafe in the manga, but only three in the anime. It's <laughs> a weird change, but all right. All right, and look, less to draw. Now this one I'm upset about. Echo mm. Act Three's S H I T and Beach dialogue were removed after Giorno disappeared. Fire Suda. <laughs> Suda's making a lot of mistakes. Hey, you know, at least it does appear in these four episodes. Giorno's backstory as a child and dream of becoming a gang star is omitted from its previous place in the narration. Hmm. So I just move that around. Uh, Giorno is shown openly summoning gold experience against Bucciarati instead of summoning it to take the latter by surprise. The next episode changes this tacked-on scene to make it more of a surprise attack like the manga. Hmm. Alright, next episode, and let's hurry this up. Yeah, the, this episode that was, is uh, named... 50 minutes for one. Hell yeah. Uh, I like that this episode is just named Butcherati is Coming. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Someone just run down the street going, Yo, Butcherati is coming. Hey, yo, you heard about Butcherati? 
Bruno Bucciarati, uh, dropping now. So we get a whole extended flashback to run through it very quickly. Dio fucked a Japanese woman. Somehow the Japanese woman did not get killed by Dio. This is incredibly strange. <laughs> because Dio loves killing women. Uh, she has a kid. Uh, the kid is Giorno. Uh, she takes him back to Japan. Uh, where she is a complete deadbeat. She just goes and sleezes it up around town while leaving Giorno alone, little two-year-old boy, in, like, what is definitely a roach-infested apartment. Uh, but she goes to Italy. She meets a man. Uh, this guy seems great, seems like a great dad. Turns out he's not. <laughs> Beats Giorno fairly regularly. Sure. Uh... Giorno starts to, like, develop an ability to sort of read people uh, based on this, because he always has to figure out what kind of mood his uh, step-pappy is in. Uh, he ends up taking the name Giorno Giovanna. Uh, I guess, you know, your mom marries an Italian guy. Not only does your last name become an Italian name, but your first name, too? I don't no, really I, understand I, that, I but okay. he just starts calling himself that. He... Oh, I thought that his dad... Okay, I might have misunderstood that. I thought, like, his dad started calling him that. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Like, he gets kicked around a lot by a bunch of the other kids for being Japanese, though. So I guess I could see, like, why he would want to give himself an Italian first name, I guess, to try to integrate more. Sure. Uh, But, uh, so... He ends up one day, he sees uh, a gangster, uh, he's been shot, he's like laying down on the side of a building, and a bunch of other gangsters run up, and they're just like, hey kid, we're looking for this guy, which way did he go? And Giorno points in the opposite direction, and the grass where the guy is has grown up to sort of cover him, and the, like, sometime after that, this dude shows up again, and he's just like, I won't forget what you did for me. And apparently this guy was a gangster uh, who is fairly powerful, it seems, because he's able to pull a lot of strings and start making Giorno's life, like, better. Like, his dad stops beating him. Uh, he gets free ice cream. I mean, That's for awesome. all of those things, I don't know that you would need to be particularly powerful. You would just need to have a gun and point it at someone. <laughs> that is true. Uh, specifically, though, it's it's the bit where he has killed somebody and is walking away from the scene. And then the kid of the guy he killed runs up to him with a gun and is just like, I'm going to kill you for killing my dad. Uh, and like the way he seems so in control of that situation made it seem to me that he was like fairly big, not just a run of the mill gangster, but like somebody who would maybe have more status and power in sure. whatever gang he's in. So the thing about this flashback scene is when the kid tries to shoot him and it doesn't work, I thought that was like baby Giorno like turning the bullets into ants or something. Like I don't know. Like, Me I too. thought that would be the first time he actually used a stand to save somebody, like willingly. Nah, it's just gun jammed. I don't know. Uh but also like the reason he killed that guy's father was because his dad was selling drugs to kids and women. Yeah. And Don't it's do it. it's no, it's a bad thing to do. Uh Giorno seeing this whole thing play out kind of instills that sense of justice in him 
Like, that is the moment where he's just like, okay, I also want to prevent the spread of, like, drugs throughout Naples and the corruption of my town. Mm -hmm. And so he uh, grows up and develops blonde hair <laughs> somehow. Yep. I'm assuming in the same way Kuichi suddenly got Super Saiyan hair. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what Kuichi says. Like, he assumes that it became blonde when he manifested his stand. Yeah. But... Maybe not. Sure. I don't know. Well, he That's says, like, that... the people that know him know he didn't diet. Mm, yeah. Uh, also looks way better with blonde hair, because all these pictures of him with, like, normal-looking black hair and, like, the way his face is drawn specifically kind of freaks me out. Yeah. Like, baby Giorno looks like someone took an adult's head and put it on a baby's body. Mm. He reminds me of Hayato, kind of. Yeah. Hayato also freaked me out, though. <laughs> sure. It was a weirdo safari hat. Like, really, the more I'm thinking about it, all children in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure look absolutely horrifying to me. Sure. I mean... Yeah. Mm. Children are horrifying to you in general, though. Well, yes, but JoJo's has a very specific brand of child horror. Uh, but yeah, this is this is where it's made known that uh, Giorno's dream is to become a gang star. Yeah. And basically, he wants to bring down the gang from inside. Yeah. Uh, so we now cut back. We're back on the vernacular. What, one thing, uh, though. This, we do get the uh, intro for this season Or at least the first one And it's good Yeah, this is actually Probably, I would place this within my top three favorite JoJo's Bizarre Adventure intros I'm not a huge fan of the song It's a bit generic for me But I really like the animation um, Especially I like the part with the chains Like uh, zooming in on Narancia Or however it is yeah. you pronounce it I haven't heard him say it yet uh, it's like changing the shadows on him as the chains keep going, and uh, you get to see. It's all, also all washing the... what? details on him. Yeah, it's also washing out the details on him too. Yeah. as it goes. And you get to see uh, my good pal Guido Mista. You get to see Panicata. You get to see the whole crew. Trish falling, yeah. and there's a the thing breaks. Good stuff. I really like uh, Trish's character design a whole lot. Yeah, actually. I like her. Um. Like math symbols Yeah I mean math frightens and confuses me But I'm into the way that Trish dresses And the Yeah me too There, there are some characters in part 5 I have seen That I absolutely do not like uh, She <laughs> is probably one of my More favorite designs that I've seen so far I'm guessing you're not a fan of Panicata. Is he the dude With like the Swiss cheese clothes Yes I hate him <laughs> so much. His hair looks so. like fucking trash, and his clothes are the dumbest parts of Rohan's outfits. Ramped up to 11. Uh, we're gonna have a good time this season. I... Oh, God, I hate him. <sighs> also, the dude with like the long white hair, I'm not really into the way he looks either. Ah, he's all right. Uh, I like the other like main characters the way that they're designed. I think they're fine. 
especially Guido Mista's whole like I'm wearing a quilt thing. Yes. <laughs> also, his, like for me, Guido's whole thing is his like hat or helmet or whatever you would call it. Yeah, he's got an arrow pointing down, so you know you remember where his face is. Oh sure. This is me, Guido. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, we're back in the vernacular. Here. <laughs> That's right. I know you're looking at my hat, but please. Uh, so, we're back on the vernacular. Giorno has some gold experience, and uh, I keep wanting to try to say his last name, and I really need to just give up on it now. Bruno. Uh, gets punched by said it right previously. Karate. I I did, but then every time I look at the name, I want to say it totally differently. Oh, you want to say like Bootsierati? Bookierati, I mm. think, is like what my mouth wants to say, and I very much know that that is wrong. Unlike a lot of the other wrong things I say, where I don't know any better because I'm a simple boy. Like, this is what I look at, and I know, like, I'm just not going to be able to do that. Uh, so, he gets, uh... I, yeah, so, Jorno has the zipper on him, and he's kind of holding himself together, and then he's like, I don't know if I should punch somebody with my ghost man, because I know what it does to inanimate objects, I do not know what it does to a living being. Mm -hmm. But I got no choice, so I need to do it, so he punches uh, Bruno, and... Bruno starts having the most amazing out-of-body experience. <laughs> yeah, Bruno just took some peyote. <laughs> That's right. Uh, at, at first, he feels stronger and faster, and he mocks him, saying, like, you know, who has a stand that would make their opponent more powerful? And then he realizes he's not in his body, and that he's getting punched in slow motion, and he realizes this is fucking bad. Yeah. Because he feels this excruciating pain as he's being punched and getting a tooth knocked out, but he's feeling it over the entire duration of the slow-mo punch with yep. the same intensity just drawn out. Which is fucked. Yeah. Because this is one... Yeah, this is just one punch. Like, what if he did, like, an aura-aura thing? Like, yeah, it'd be terrible. Uh, well, so, as we find out, Jorno does not aura-aura... Yeah. He does something else. Oh, yes. Something picked yeah. up from Pappy. It's in the blood. Yeah, it's... Might as well just say it. He muda mudas, and I really like that muda muda is a genetic thing. Sure. <laughs> you know, people wonder down the... if muda muda is uh, nature or nurture, and here we get the answer. It's nature. <laughs> uh, either you muda muda or you aura aura. It's one or the other. You can't do both. It's a specific protein you see at a... Yeah, so... He, like... We're working to isolate the Muda gene. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Bruno makes a zipper on the side of the vernacular, and he's just like, Peace out! I don't want to get hit no more! <laughs> You're hurt! <laughs> you hurt me! Me no want get hit no mo. I'm me not go going bye to be bye. your... I'm not going to be your friend. I'm going to tell my boss on you. <sighs> so he he zips out of there, uh, and Jorno has to bust open a window on the vernacular and jump out. 
and he kind of takes chase until they get into an alleyway with three guys, and Bruno just kind of, like, falls into them. And, uh, basically zips himself into one of these three men, and the problem Giorno's now faced with is which one has a fully grown Bruno in them. Yeah. Which one has Bruno decided to make his man suit? Little, little stickers says Bruno on board. The return of Bruno. Ah, <laughs> uh, so... What he has done, though, is he has changed uh, Bruno's tooth that he lost earlier into a fly. Uh, the fly tooth would then be attracted back to Bruno, uh, who is in the body of what they say is a boy, but I swear to Christ, looks like yeah. a 40-year-old man. I was going to say the exact same thing. It's like they yeah. say, like, oh, but, uh, because later he says something about... Uh, how he has marks where he has been using drugs, but he's just a boy. And like, no, no man, <laughs> no. Like, maybe that's what the drugs did to him. I don't know. Some powerful drugs. Then. Like, like this guy basically looks like a mini uh, pulpo, or a yeah, a slightly actually. larger shigechi. Oh no, go back to pulpo. That's way more palatable. <laughs> Pulpo's a regular George Clooney next to Shigechi. Pulpo's got a fucking look, man. Shigechi's just a disaster. <laughs> sure. So, so yeah, the tooth flies buzzing around, this guy's swatting it, and then when he finally hits it, it does the thing from before where any damage is then reflected back on, on the person who hits it. So it, it flings this guy to the ground, and then he gives birth to a Bruno, who just it's, pops out of him. It's just like that part in Ace Ventura 2. That's right. Bruno comes tumbling out of the rhinoceros's ass. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. So, uh, they, they kind of have this showdown thing where they know the first person to get hit is probably going to lose. Yeah. And what ends up happening is Giorno punches uh, Bruno's arm, only for Bruno to reveal that he's not actually hurt because he unzipped the boy man's arm and attached it to his arm. So the damage would have happened on the boy man, but not Bruno. Sure. And so then he zippers the hell out of uh, Geo. And. Uh, like so Giorno knows he's going to lose unless he does like basically a, a desperation move which is he rips more of his own arm off because it's like sort of zippered around the bicep but not all the way so he tugs it so there's more length there and sort of like whips his arm at Bruno mm -hmm. and punches him out of his body again Yeah, uh, but then instead of giving it to him, he just sort of, like, walks past. Yeah, he and just Bruno's... gets out of range of Zipper Man. Oh, God. So... <laughs> so Bruno then has a moment where he's just like, oh, hey, my stand has a fucking shitty name, doesn't it? It sure. was like, uh... And he's like, oh, you want to be friends? He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> uh... 
Gio, Giorno's just sort, sort of like, hey, look, I didn't attack you even though I could have because I think that you're a good guy. Like, you noticed that this boy man here had track marks on his arm, uh, and so you didn't want to go all out either, fearing that it could cause damage to him. Like, you, you considered him in our fight. Whereas if you were an evil person, you wouldn't have paid any mind to the damage that happened to his arm or to mm -hmm. And so he's like, all right, so what we're going to do is uh, you work for me now, but also I work for you, but you totally work for me because I'm going to enter your gang and then I'm going to become the boss and I'm going to get the drugs off the street because I'm going to be a gang star. Because at this yep. point, uh, Giorno is basically just black dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Like, his whole thing is, uh, no more drugs for the kids. The worst thing about these, these pushers, getting these children addicted to this new smack, is that these children are orphans. And orphans don't have parents. Ain't nothing in the world get black dynamite more mad than some jive-ass sucker dealing smack to the kids. Is your dealing, brother? I need my smack and I need it now. Put a few of these honeys on the straw and I'll get you your bread, partner. I refuse to let this happen to you, little man. I will shake this poisonous shit out of your little smacked up body if I have to. Black Dynamite, stop. We've tried that. Nothing works. Yep. Uh, and Bruno's into it. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to hook him up and uh, make him a uh, member of Passion. Which, <laughs> Wait, what? Hey, look, I had to take a crack at it. Passion? Uh, passion, uh, which passion. they even point out is just passion. Yeah. So I'm going to just say passion for the rest of this, because... That's a good call. I don't see the point in embarrassing Might myself. Might just be passion? Oh. I think it is. I don't know. I don't care. They said it's passion. And well, so they're going to say it a lot. In my head for now on. It's going right. to be a recurring thing. Long anime differences. I have 43 minutes until this auction on Mischief Makers ends. So <laughs> I'm uh, oh, not on that in addition to doing this. Yeah, by the way, live myth Mischief Makers auction watch in the middle of the stand and deliver. Uh, okay. Makers is on eBay right now for the Nintendo 64, and I want a copy. And so uh, we had eight dollars right now. Uh, extended Jorno's flashback with with additional scenes. Um, whatever. I'm gonna skip these. Yeah, there's more stuff. <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, yeah. Wait. Okay. Jorno takes a seal a seat on the railing with one leg over the other when revealing to Bruno his dream to become a gang star. That's a great difference. <laughs> you think that's great? Get a load of this. In the scene where the gangster approaches young Giorno and thanks him, it's raining and the two are holding umbrellas, as opposed to the encounter and happening on a sunny day. <gasps> wow! Wow! can't believe it it was sunny wow um none of these seem important 
Yeah, I'm looking ahead at the third one, and it is at least not as much. So, that's good. It seems to me like the first two episodes, they did a lot of restructuring to sort of fit everything in in a way that was more palatable okay. in animation. Here's something actually that I had wondered about. When Bucciarati shows his arm is not his arm, his lacy vest undergarment does not fall off, making it seem as if it was a tattoo. I wasn't sure if it actually was a tattoo or not. Mm. Apparently not. Yeah. That... Giorno's lines about Bucciarati's belief in personal freedom and the freedom to use drugs are omitted. <laughs> All right. All right. Bruno and Giorno are uh, partners now. Uh, they want to get rid of all the drugs and nables. Uh, and so to start doing this, to get uh, Giorno into passion, uh, he has way, to go have... We got our ending yeah. theme. Oh, boy. And, and it's, it's a good one. I like how this... I like how they open freaking you on the part about waking up horny. Yep. That is the first line. It's like two seconds into it starting. Yep. I agree. I all those people going like, man, I hope it's Gangster's Paradise. Uh, freaking you is way better. The Great Jodeci. Everyone's oh. favorite. So, uh, yeah, to, to get into Passion, they need to basically do a job interview uh, with a man named Pulpo. Pulpo, however, is in jail for, quote, committing a certain crime. Yeah. Because that is how human beings talk. <laughs> to me that means like nobody knows exactly what he did I almost took it as the crime was so despicable it is unmentionable maybe like I then coupled with the way he looks I almost thought that maybe he was thinking maybe he's in there for some sort of sex crime uh that's probably a good guess. Oh, God. So, uh, Jorno goes in and has to get a pat down from uh, the guards. And, like, they, they explain sort of these, like, Hannibal Lecter rules to him of, like, okay, he's going to be behind a big sheet of glass. And, like, you cannot pass anything to him. You cannot accept anything that he passes to you. Like, I'm positive Araki saw Silence of the Lambs before doing this scene. Oh, definitely. Like, even Pulpo's setup of just, like, I'm in jail, but, like, I have access to things that I should not have, and it's all, like, really pretentious bullshit of, like, I'm sipping on wine. Oh, yeah, this whole thing is 100%. Like, he, he yeah. saw, like, Hannibal Lecter and was like, what if I took that character but made him giant and weird? That's right, because when he goes in there, he sees what he thinks is a bed until, like, <laughs> arms <laughs> sprout out of the bed and this dude just sort of, like, congeals into a vaguely human shape. Pulpo is forming. <laughs> and he speaks with this, like reverb on his voice that makes him seem even more inhuman than he already like appears he has black eyes with like green irises yeah Popo 
probably did some really disgusting crimes, maybe. I really dig his character design, though. Yeah. This is, like, gross in a way that I wish Segechi were, because then it would be something that I could get into aesthetically. Mm-hmm. This is, like, um... Jabba the Hutt, basically. He is practically a Dragon Ball villain. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Uh, like, if you told me Kira Toriyama guest directed this episode or something, I'd be like, yeah, sure, alright. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's got a little mini fridge full of wine and, like, little wine glasses that he... Like, he's drinking from a thimble basically because he's a giant uh he's got a collection of guns i like how the security guard said don't pass anything to this man who has multiple revolvers yeah what the fuck are you going to pass him ah maybe they don't know he has it i don't know that's weird because they must know because yeah it's it's in a yeah. It's built into the cell, which then makes me wonder, like, okay, did somebody build this cell especially for him because he's connected? But if he's connected, then what would be the issue with bribing the guards so they're cool with him just having stuff in general? I don't... Like, maybe they are. I need to stop because I'm overthinking a JoJo's thing again, and we have well established that that is a mistake. Yes. But... He he has conditions for the job interview, basically, which is, I'm going to give you a lighter. By the way, Popo does not know that Giorno has a stand, and Giorno has not let this on, very consciously. No, he does not want him to know. Yeah. Uh, but he gives him a very fancy-looking lighter, and he's like, okay, so for the next 24 hours, you need to make sure that this lighter does not extinguish. This is a sign of your trust. Like, I'm trusting you not to extinguish this. One thing I want to bring up here, and I don't know if this is, like, uh, intentional or not, but there's this part where Polpo is just, like, eating, I don't even remember what it is he's eating, but for a minute it looks like he's eating the tips of his fingers. Oh, right, yeah, he... And just like, wait, what? And then he wonders if he imagined it or not. And they never come back to that. No, it's not. And that made me wonder... Polpo's stand is Black Sabbath, and Tony Iomi, or Iomi, I'm actually not sure how you pronounce it, really, um, from Black Sabbath, he... What? So let me take a crack at it, and then we'll know how to not pronounce it. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's Iomi, but he, um, had an ex... I don't remember what it is but he actually had, like, the tips of a couple of his fingers cut off. Yeah, he worked in a factory and it got caught in a machine, if I remember right. Okay, so I wonder if that's what's supposed to just, like, be a little Easter egg about or something. I, like, now that I know that his stand is named Black Sabbath, that would probably be where I would go with that. But, yeah, like, my initial impression, not knowing the stand name or any of the reference there, that... It was a part of his stand, like it's an illusion that the stand created, but then when you find out what the stand's power is, and the fact that they never come back to that, it's not the case. It's just this weird thing that happens. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, I, I thought the same thing when we did that. I thought, like, oh, it must be an illusion created by a stand or something, but I guess not. Yeah, because part of why I thought that, too, is the dude was a bed. Yeah, exactly. That turned into a human being, so... Like, it tricks but, like, me into thinking, like, he's a shapeshifter or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh... But he's he's given Jorno this lighter. He cannot extinguish it for twenty four hours. And then later, he's a wall. By the way, I'm sorry. Later, Pulpo is a wall. Like when Jorno comes back to him, he's just a wall in the cell. And then, like, oh god, that's right. I completely forgot about that. Pulpo's great. Yeah, I'm way into Pulpo. Uh, so. He's exiting the jail, and he has to get another pat down. He has this moment where he's just like, I thought that they would be aware of this test, but clearly this is part of the test. I need to even be able to leave here with this contraband without putting the flame out. I Uh, think it's weird that Giorno assumed that would be the case. Like, if that wasn't, like, what would the test be? Exactly. Because uh, even Pulpo's just like, all you gotta do is just, like, sit in your home until, like, 3pm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, it could not be that easy, otherwise, what would be the point of the test? Uh, so he does this thing where he sort of hides it in his palm, but it's, like, burning him, and he gets patted down, and at first, the guard is like, okay, you're good, except I need you to open your hands up. Yeah. Uh, so Jorno does, and he had turned the lighter into a flower, and the guard is just like, huh, that's a weird, uh, that's a actual flower. I mean, I know I told you not to take literally anything, but yeah. I guess you're cool with that. Yeah, exactly. Like, you guys just told him he couldn't take anything out. And then they're just like, eh, alright, I guess you can take that out. I'm just what? still thinking of the whole Silence of the Lambs setup, and specifically one part of Clary's like walking out of that place. <laughs> that that movie, man. Yeah. Uh, I actually need to. I need to buy that. So he goes back to his dorm, but like al- along the way, we got a lot of really good gags, like people wanting him to do stuff and him blowing them off. So it's just like a bunch of people going like. Hey, we're forming a human pyramid. Jorna, would you like to take our picture? No. No, thanks. Hey, Jorna, uh, I got all these, like, cleaning supplies. Could you help me carry some of them? No. <laughs> hey, Jorno, make me a sandwich? No. No. Uh, so, Jorno makes it back uh, without any disturbances. Jorno, the ponies are coming on. Well, you talk about references, nobody's going to understand. I have included Fesh Pence of Blair clips in this show at least twice already, so... Okay, good. So, base is covered. Um, We did our due diligence. That's right. So, he gets back to his dorm, uh, he exhales, almost puts it out, and then realizes, okay, i got to be super careful. So, he grabs a piece of bread, bites a hole into it, sticks the lighter into the middle of it so it's nice and secure, and then sets up a bunch of belongings around it to form a perimeter. He's like, okay, good. Everything's taken care of. I don't need to worry about anything. And then Koichi starts coming into it. Here comes Koichi to ruin everything. 
Yes. So instead of staying in the room and just trying to, because he even mentions he kept his uh, his passport and was going to give it back to him. And because we know as the audience, Jorno is actually a good guy. I'm not sure why Jorno wouldn't just stay in his room and be like, okay, hey, we had a misunderstanding and we need to just make everything cool between us. Here's your passport back. I'm sorry. I need you to go now. I am trying to get into a gang that commits crimes. I actually, yeah, I actually think that he was just freaked out because Koichi had a stand, and so he probably thinks he's an enemy. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, his reaction instead of approaching it more reasonably or amica- amic- amicably uh, uh, is to jump out the window sure. and just sort of hang out there. And uh, Kuichi enters the room, and he's just like, "Oh shit, the stupid little Japanese boy is going to put out my lighter." <laughs> and so Jorno gets like, this great plan, by the way. Yeah, turning what turn like, a a fan or a light or something into a snake picture. because Turns snakes in. love bread, and so yes. he'll have the snake go down and grab the bread, and then the lighter burns the snake. He's like, "Ah, maybe this wasn't the best well, plan." So, the snake actually picking up the bread makes sense to me, because with the frog, he made it so the frog would come back to him. With the tooth, he made it so the tooth would seek out its owner. So it seems to me that, and like the tree, he made it grow all the way up. Um, Although later, he can kind of like make things age, so maybe that's what he was doing there. But uh, it, it seems to me that when he gives an inanimate object life, he can also like imbue that object with some sort of simple command. Yeah. So he's commanding the snake lamp to pick up the bread and take it back. Because it also says, um, when Luca like attacks the frog, Jorno says something to the effect of that frog wasn't even really loyal to me yet. So I guess maybe the longer he has something under his control, the more control he has over it. And that's one of those things that makes me wonder if they're actually going to come back to it. Because there's been a lot of times in the series where they have brought a concept up and then have never made good on it again. I just think this is an incredibly weird power for the main character to have. Yeah, I like it though. I think it's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot too. that you could do. I mean, it, it continues the trend they started in part four where it's more of like having these incredibly specific weird abilities and figuring out how to use those in new ways. Which is what made part four, like in large part, my favorite part is just that like a lot of these powers are so bizarre. Trying to come up with ways to make them work in a fight is super interesting. Versus part three, where the powers were like a lot more rudimentary until sort of towards the end of it. Mm -hmm. And so for a while there was just Taro can punch real fast and Magician's Red can shoot fire. Yeah. Uh, So that I'm looking forward to that a lot in part five, because everything that we've seen so far with these stands, the three of them that we have gotten has been super interesting. Like the whole zipper power hasn't been like elaborated on too much yet. So I'm curious to see what the extent of that is. I like Jorno's power a whole lot, and even like Black Sabbath's whole thing was like pretty interesting. The zipper power actually is very similar to the character Drywall 
in um, Scud the Disposable Assassin comic series. Like he does kind of the same thing where he can just create zippers in reality. Yeah. Just saying. Well, Anyway. After this, though, I think. Yeah, Koichi uh, finds his passport. Uh, it like gets lit on fire from sure. the ladder. It's a really good bit of his eyes bugging out. Bugging <laughs> out. It's bugging out. Yeah, and then he he had noticed the lighter when this happened, and sort of looks back at the piece of bread where it was, and the lighter is gone, and he's just like, ah, whatever. What's going on. This this kid that Giorno just assumed by his very nature would want to put out a lit lighter to prevent a fire, then sees said lit lighter go missing in a room, has no reason to think it was just taken, and decides to leave anyway. Yep. That's a bad read. <laughs> yeah. Koichi doesn't Koichi care. Koichi don't Yeah, Koichi don't care. He came he got what uh, he came for. Yeah. So Jordo's just holding this letter and he's just like, oh, thank God. I thought that this thing was going to go out. That'd be a whole bad thing. I wouldn't be able to get into passion. And that water hits it and it goes out anyway. Yep. The uh, old man that was yep. cleaning uh, splashes some water. And he's very apologetic yeah. about it. He didn't mean to do it, but yeah. This dude who, by the way, reminds me of Luigi, like old Luigi when he had the green overalls and the white mm -hmm. hat and undershirt. He reminds he's also... Me very reminds short and has a mustache. Yes. And he reminds me of um the uh, shoe salesman or tailor or whatever from part 4. The guy with the animal crackers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what if they were like brothers? Oh no. This hidden like subplot in JoJo's where there's like got exploded it... and the other guy gets oh. an arrow in the face. What if there's another then in part 6 who also dies? <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be a really good bit. Uh, so, uh, the ladder goes out, and Jorno kind of just sets it down and starts having an existential crisis. Because mm -hmm. he's just like, I really fucking needed to get into that gang, man. <laughs> and like, even the old dude is just like, did I break your lighter? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do this to you. And Jorno's just like, I don't even know if I'm mad at you. I'm still trying to process this shit, old man. I also like how, at this point, you realize at no point did Jorno ever think, like, can I just, like, relight it if it dies? Like, that yeah, never no, even occurred to him. Yeah, it's the old man who's just like, I don't know, what if I tried to relight it? And then, like, it spits flames out, and he's like, oh, well, it's definitely not broken. Yep. Uh, so with the lighter relit and back in Jorno's possession, he sort of starts to wonder, like, okay, will Pulpo know that it has been relit? Sure enough, yes, he does, because uh, Black Sabbath has now ripped Luigi's soul from his body. <laughs> I really like that bit where he just turns around and it's just pulling his soul out, like, it is time, there are two paths. <laughs> Path one, you die. Path two, you become the chosen one. My yeah. tongue is an arrow. <laughs> yeah. It's all... it into... I, yeah? I, I, I do like that this implies that Pulpo's whole deal is he knows the lighter is going to go out and he's basically just trying to create more stand users. Yep. Uh, 
I like that this reveals the actual test to get the job is you gotta be a stand user or you gotta be like someone who can become a stand user. Uh huh. Otherwise, you're just dead. Sure. I mean, and then it... it doesn't leave any evidence, so. Yeah. So Luigi's soul stabbed in the forehead and then he dies, and then Black Sabbath is like, well. I guess you're not a chosen one. <laughs> bye so, bye. You over there, you saw it too. Like, yeah. He, he doesn't even just specifically go for whoever light, whoever relit it. It's just anybody who saw it. Anyone who saw this lighter is getting stabbed. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. You have two paths available to you. <laughs> I was like thinking of this guy as that uh, alien from Venture Brothers who shows yep. up and goes, Ignore me! Ignore me! Yes. Uh, so yeah, he tries uh, grabbing Giorno's soul and ripping it out of his body so he can do the same thing to him. Mm-hmm. And so this this kind of goes around for a while with Giorno trying to attack him with golden experience and finding out that it's actually like super strong. Because uh, it's, like, pinning him down and, like, blocking his attacks and everything. And he keeps oh, almost wait. getting This is stabbed. the next episode. Oh, I thought it kind of, like, went on a little bit. and then No, it, it, no, like, it goes oh. for Jorno and that's the end. Well, never mind, then. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> around. There's still too many of these. People must really be going ham on the JoJo wiki with part five hype. Uh, uh, one would hope that this means that the JoJo wiki actually becomes more like accurate. So far, uh, from what I've glanced at the summaries, they do seem better than the previous ones. So that is. Uh, instead of meeting up in front of the prison holding Pulpo, Giorno and Bucciarati are seen walking together through various streets until they reach the prison. When Giorno comes up with ways to show Pulpo he's talented, he is shown stuffing his ear into his head ear that he stuffs is also his left ear not his right like in the manga uh, some pulpo's paintings are replaced and flicks the cracker at the window oh that's right there's a cracker that he was eating yeah uh, he... he says he Chomp. likens intelligence or talent to the piece of cracker stuck between his teeth the prison guards point their guns at Jorno when the female guard orders him to partake in a second body check the sports team asking Jorno to take the picture of them in pyramid formation can be heard collapsing as he walks away. <laughs> um, I actually missed that. Koichi is distracted by his passport burning after he celebrates finding it. The time of day suddenly changes to late afternoon the instant the janitor relights the lighter, setting the stage for Jorno's battle against Black Sabbath. In the manga, when Black Sabbath grabs the janitor's soul, the janitor exclaims he cannot move and asks for help. In the anime, he stays quiet the entire time. Hmm. Black Sabbath speaks to Jorno after the latter steps into a nearby shadow rather than just noticing he's there. That's a good change because I like that when he steps into the shadow and Sabbath like immediately turns as like, "You there? You saw the lighter too?" Yeah. Oh, uh, which is how our next episode starts. Uh, yep. One of those things 
it's like a little recap. Um, so yeah, like I was saying, there, there's a bit of a struggle between Golden Experience and Black Sabbath where they sort of, he gets stuck in a hold, he breaks out of it, he gets stuck in a hold again because he keeps stepping into shadows and out of shadows without sort of realizing what's going on yet. And he doesn't ever like get fully stabbed by the arrow, but it's like cutting into him enough. And apparently it's causing like excruciating pain. Yeah. Like I actually kind of wondered if maybe it doing just even a little bit to him like that would maybe have some effect on him, but I guess not. Hmm. Cause yeah, it, that that's what happened with like Kira got stabbed by it in his stand evolved well he got stabbed like all the way though like he got stabbed through the arm and through the neck oh yeah i was gonna say he got stabbed the most all the way that you could possibly be stabbed (laughs) yeah that arrow was just full on in him Mm -hmm. uh but yeah like i i wonder if i wonder if that's the case for everybody with a stand is if you get stabbed a second time something about your stand then changes I would or guess so. Because my other thought was, like, what if that was just an extreme circumstance with Kira? Something about him specifically triggers something abnormal with the arrow. Well, with Kira, they or did. Just a... They they actually did say that it was because of his intense like grief of like having to kill Hayato that that was what caused bites the dust. But then that might have just been like that's what caused the specific incarnation of it, like turning back time, and otherwise it yeah. might have done something else. I don't know. That that is the way that I took it was that intensity caused it to take on a change that was relevant to that. Could be. But I don't. I don't know. We get sort of near it with it stabbing in a journal, but we don't go all the way, so we're not quite sure. Look, I can tell uh, you. There are going to be more arrows showing up. Sure, this one breaks at the end of this episode. Yeah. But uh, we've already established that there are multiple arrows, so... Not surprising. Uh, But uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how he gets away from Black Sabbath the first time. Like, how he actually puts the distance. He just, like, punches it a bunch. Oh right! Okay. It like get, it well, sort of gets knocked away just long enough that it, like disappears. Yeah, he ends up away from the steps, and then like there is more of a division between the shadows and like an open area where there is plenty of sunlight, and that is how he notices that Black Sabbath can't actually leave the shadows to come. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He thinks like everything is fine. He has a moment to figure this out and come up with a plan of attack, and then Koichi shows up and ruins everything. Yeah, it's like, hey, what's going on here? Steps into a shadow, Black Sabbath shows up and goes, you have to pass before you. <laughs> yeah, because he finds out that he had been watching Giorno through the window, and so he saw the uh, lighter. Yeah. Get lit. Also, dumbass still thinks that Giorno killed Luigi <laughs> when he watched everything from the window and should be able to see stands. Like, Not- I guess maybe... Not Black necessarily. Sabbath. I I don't think he saw that happen. I think he saw, like, Jorno outside, and then like maybe he saw him light the lighter, and then he ran down. And, like all everything else just happened in the meantime while he was getting down there. That's how I, I took could it. Still, 
I could still see it being the other way that I briefly mentioned, where like maybe he thought Black Sabbath was Jorno's stand. Because I don't know if he, I can't remember if he actually saw Golden Experience. Oh, I don't know. Or if he just saw the tree growing and pieced everything together and figured out that he was a stand user. Yeah, that might also be a... knowing, like he could see Jorno's stand, and I bet Koichi would forget what it looked like the next day. <laughs> Koichi has memory like a goldfish. Yeah. I mean, he's got a face like one in this part, so. Uh, but uh, Giorno helps him out. Uh, he breaks some of the, uh, like, the banister, so light comes through and shines on to Black Sabbath, which burns him horribly, but he manages to, like, touch another shadow and escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the plan is... It's going to be dark soon. When it's dark, there's like everything is shadows. So that's bad. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, so they're going to get onto a vehicle that casts a shadow and trap him in it and then take that vehicle someplace where it's surrounded by light so they can pull him into the light. And he sees like a little moped over there and he's going to use it. Mm-hmm. And start running over. But Black Sabbath gets in the shadow of some passing crows is able to jump out and like get the drop on them before they can execute. Yeah. Uh, so Quiji uses uh, Act Three, which finally does its S H I T thing. Yeah, finally. Hell yeah! It look four episodes of Quiji. It's kind of abysmal that it took this long. Yeah. Uh, but he weighs down uh, Black Sabbath's hand as it is around uh, Jorno's ankle, and. Giorno, like, it, it, he, he's noticing that the hand, like, its fingers should be so heavy it shouldn't be able to even move and clamp around, but it's so strong it's able to anyway. Giorno's like, no, that's perfect, because I made the roots under this stone street that we're on that have been crushed. Uh, like, I, I changed it so this tree over here would, like, grow so old that it would turn to dust and then just, the like, sun would beam down too. And like I'm pretty sure a tree does not explode when it dies of old age. I don't know. Have you ever seen a tree die of old age? Yes. Oh. It just well, like falls it over. Oh. That's depressing. Well, that's true. That's how it all happens. It'll happen Ex- to you too. Exploded like a member of the Cobras. Explodes like it's a spinal tap drummer. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, the light shines, shines down on uh, Black Sabbath and fries him. Uh, what does Jorno do here? He he tells Koichi to move, and then he looks like he's lining up a shot. I don't know. I, I, I don't remember what you're talking about. I need to check the notes on here. There was this, there was something that he does, and I'm I'm blanking on it. Um, he well, explode. Like, the... Oh, he, oh, he punches it like up into the sky to make sure it can't oh. escape into a shadow. I guess. Yeah, he team rockets the thing. That's yeah. what it was, and like disintegrates As... in the air. I for some reason thought he did something cooler than that, and forgot exactly what it was that he did. <laughs> I mean, I forgot uh... it too until now. Uh, and then uh, Koichi runs over and he's like, I gotta make a phone call. 
Oh, this guy named Jotaro, he's gonna find it. There's arrows, it's bad. The arrows are bad, bad arrows. I'm going narc. I'd tell my boss. <laughs> yeah. Jordan just uh, clicks the phone, just like, I don't know where you, you're from, but look, in Naples, snitches get stitches. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm trying to join a gang to do crimes. Go home. I love gang crimes. Unless you want to do crimes. Stop it. Oh, man. Imagine Koichi, like, in an Italian mobster suit. Like, with oh, the Tommy gun. It would be very good. It'd be like uh, um, Krillin when he shows up, like, to inform Chi-Chi that Goku's dead. <laughs> and he has, like, suit, that little suit. suit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. So... He explains to him, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to join this gang, this is my plan, but if you narc on me and you bring undue attention here, it's going to fuck everything up. So he goes back uh, to deliver the letter to Popo. Uh, Popo is a wall and very pleased by this. Uh-huh. By being a wall, I mean, but also in the fact that his test has been completed. Uh, so he's like, you're part of the gang. Here's your badge that lets everyone know you're part of a gang. That's how it you works. should wear this criminal badge around town. That actually is how it works, but yeah. I mean, the Yakuza oh, do the exact same thing. I know, it's just still it's still such a silly concept to me. It just, I have a gang oh, badge. you know what? I forgot. Pulpo does not turn into a wall. The wall is a giant pizza because he says that he had this special pizza oh. ordered and made for him. Yeah, that you don't even really... It's like just dough. Yeah, you just seem like slurp up a whole bunch of dough. God. You duped me into thinking it was a wall. Because my brain then also got confused in the same way your brain did. Yeah, well, I was just thinking, like, well, he turned into a bed the first time. Of course, next time he turns into a wall. But yeah, I forgot it was a pizza, <laughs> I guess. So, we gotta blast through this. I only got eight more minutes until Mischief Makers is uh, up. So, <laughs> uh, Jorno You're gonna get outbid is... like at the last two seconds, you know. Hey, maybe we'll find out live on air when I get outbid on Mischief Makers, and then I get really mad about it. All right. Uh, so, Jorno, like this whole time, he has been sort of lamenting the death of Luigi because it was an innocent man that did not need to die. And clearly, Popo did not care about the death of this man. Which, first of all, not sure Popo even knows, because they mentioned that, like, long-range stands can kind of act fairly independently. You give them a basic routine, and they go out there and they run. Yeah, he says, like, that would not affect, like, even though it burned up, that won't affect Popo at all. He probably never even felt anything. Like, maybe his hand felt a little bit heavier than usual. Yeah. Not and sure so, how uh, Koichi knows that, by the way, but alright. Well, I mean, he has a long-distance stand in Act 1. Uh, it's long-distance, but it's not automatic, which is what we're dealing with here. I, he He's talking specifically about his experience with Sheer Heart Attack. And they never, uh, like, they didn't kill Sheer Heart Attack. Uh... Also, like, the damage they did to Sheer Heart Attack was absolutely represented on Kira. Dude ripped a man's clothes off. Uh, Okay, yeah, I guess so. 
It's another JoJo's inconsistency. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Put a quarter into the jar. <laughs> this jar can normally hold eight gallons of water, uh-huh. uh, but we have filled it up with quarters. <laughs> we're two, we're four episodes in, we're going to need another jar. This is all fucked. So, we're done with the show, we can buy ourselves new cars. Um, nice. Yeah. So also, like, it's just like a hell of an assumption to to say that Popo would not care. Like, actually, he probably would not care. He's in jail. He maybe murdered people. Sure. Or molested people. I don't know what Popo was into. It is not my place to judge. But it's also not Giorno's place to judge. He don't know what Popo did. He don't know what Popo does. But he <laughs> assumes anyway. So he comes up with a plan. It's well, a, wait, before this, we have to mention the famous line from Polpo, where he says that he's oh, talking right. about like what's acceptable and what's not, and he gives the famous line, "I believe God forgives even murder." Yeah, which is now a meme, but hey, which like okay, actually, like that is the thing that I guess. All right. Now that you bring that up, I think that that makes sense to me then in the context of that scene is Polpo pretty much just admits there that he is super cool with murder. Yeah. I mean, it even flashes Uh, back to it later. But I also like how after that bit where he says that and it's like very dark and menacing and like he just leans back and there's like disco lights behind him. He's like, hey, welcome to the gang. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. So uh, Jorno starts... Yeah, he's got a plan. It's a good plan. Uh, he executes his plan without Popo even being aware of it. Uh, mm-hmm. He he walks away. He leaves. He meets up with Bruno. He's like, I got my badge. I'm part of the gang. And, and at this we... point, by the way, Popo, as he sees Jorna walks, walk away, he's like, hmm, wonder if he uh, actually did protect the light or if he just became a stand user. Eh, I guess it doesn't matter. Yep. Who cares? I give him the badge. Yep. I'm eat a banana. I love a banana. Oh, banana. Oh, banana. <laughs> I Yeah, so he takes a banana, uh starts sticking this banana in his mouth, uh and then Giorno's like <laughs> It turned your nanners into guns. <laughs> or no, he turned his guns into nanners. So uh, the gun then morphs into a pistol, and for whatever reason, Popo is suddenly compelled to just pull the fucking trigger. Yep, I don't know how that works, but also I kind of don't care, because it's great. Oh, yeah, he just blows his brains out all over the walls of his cell. And also, this is another important thing to note. This is right after Koichi is on the phone with Jotaro being like, yeah, I talked to Jorno. He actually seems like he's a pretty nice guy. I don't think we have anything to worry about from him. And then it cuts Same. to like Koichi looking at the sky saying, I feel like he has a righteous heart. And then it goes to him blowing his brains out. Yep. Splattering them all over the wall, uh, which I actually like because it is this, it is this nice thing of, um, He's definitely a Joe star, but he still has a little bit of Dio in him. Yeah. 
Dio is willing to get his hands dirty in in a way that the Joe stars are seldom willing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that that is uh, the episode. Uh, Giorno's part of the gang. He did it. Congratulations, Giorno. So, Bucciarati <laughs> takes them back to HQ. Oh, that's right. I forgot that we get our, our look at the uh, rest of the gang. Mm-hmm. Gang's Everybody. Everybody is there, and I actually thought that was weird because I thought this was going to be one of those things where like each member of the group joins after a fight. No, they're all members of Passion. Hmm. Well, then I am confused why they're... Okay. I, the reason I thought that, too, is partly that I know there's, like, it's a two-part episode, right, for Sex Pistols? Yeah, I'm not really sure what the deal is with that, either. Because I, I took that as, like, well, they fight, they fight Guido Mista and he joins the gang. But since he's already there, I wonder if it's just, like, that's a Guido Mista-centric episode? Like, he's the one that saves the day? Maybe. Well, it's called um, Sex Pistols Appears, so maybe, like, he actually gains his stand during that i don't know sure yeah. we'll find well, out yeah i can tell a little bit like from the intro that it's like related to his pistol and oh, yeah. uh i am hoping i am hoping it is a who framed roger rabbit scenario where it's like the tune gun it pretty much like, is fucking a yep. i am way into guido mista now yep uh, all right, let's see manga MA differences for uh, this last one. Of, one. one of the bullets in the tune gun was an Indian that did the Indian howling. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that on television. No. Hold on real quick, though. Yep, last update. 30 seconds of Mischief Makers. Here we go. I'm putting in a bid for $16. I'm not willing to pay more than this because it's... I could buy it now for the same price I'm putting in. <laughs> Here we go, though. All right. Okay. This is it, Hold the on. countdown. The final countdown. Okay. 15, 14, 13, 12? Yes. yes. 10. Go. 9. Go. 8. 7. seven six, 6. 5. Put the bid in. 4. 3. Put the bid in. Confirm. 2. 3. One. 2. Fuck. <laughs> Did you actually lose Even... it? I believe... God would even forgive murder. <laughs> did you not confirm it in time? No, I did, and then it I got outbid at seventeen dollars with zero time to put another bid in. Yep. I told you. That's how it works. This just updated to buy it now for fourteen sixty with free shipping. What the I don't fuck? Know. Uh, the card kind of looks a little crummy, though. Uh, this one. My, my MA differences. When Gold Experience knocks Black Sabbath away, it disappears behind a splash of water upon knocking over the janitor's pail. In the manga, the pail was empty. Um, I'm gonna skip some of these. Skip it all! Let's skip the next uh, four episodes. Fuck it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Get through this anime! Oh, well, this is inexcusable. 
When Echoes uses three freeze on Black Sabbath, its profanity, motherfucking, and biatch is omitted. What the hell, man? Oh no, I really like to take out Echoes swearing for some reason. Not a fan. No, me either. Uh, while Koichi is explaining how he received Echoes, Giorno internally realizes that a chosen one is a person who's awakened their stand. Um, he whose life gold experience accelerates to the point of expiration has more branches and leaves at the peak of its life. Who cares? Why would you write that down? <laughs> uh, stick a banana in your mouth, whoever wrote that. <laughs> yeah, go suck on a banana. <laughs> Saturday night special banana. <laughs> I'm just imagining now Jordan running around with Eddie Murphy and Judge Reinhold just shoving bananas <laughs> I fall for no banana, no tailpipe. <laughs> the narration detailing Pulpo's death as being ruled by suicide is omitted. Ruled as suicide, I assume it means. I, I mean, like, I kind of just assumed that anyway, because that's like the perfect crime, basically. Exactly, like, nobody would know. Yeah, well, there was no way you would have got into the cell. There's no cameras in there, which, I don't know. This, this, man. And Bucciarati revealed... Oh, no, I guess Guido must already have it, because, right, Bucciarati does say to Giorno the team is all stand users. Also, real quick, I don't... My my frustration here is I don't know how much of this jail setup is Polpo and how much of it is just the guards at this jail really suck. Yeah. Good point. It is un it is unclear to me. Uh all right. Maybe Pulpo just committed financial crimes now that I'm thinking about it. I think Pulpo's a white collar criminal. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you see the state of his uh cell, all the contraband that he's got in there, the fact that there's no cameras. Okay. Minimum like security that. facility for Pulpo. It's just the 15 years part doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like any financial crime you'd really go away for like 15 whole years for, but. No, nah, it was definitely something like molesty. Almost certainly. I mean, yeah. You don't uh, look like that and not molest a few kids. Like, let's no. be real. I mean, it, it, it seems, you know. Don't want to be lookist or whatever people would say about, it, but come on, like look at that uh, guy. I'm, I'm just gonna say, sketchy dying might have uh, prevented some undue suffering <laughs> later down the road. Yeah, as Rohan would say, this was truly the best outcome. <laughs> That's right. You take one look at that kid, you don't think to yourself, "Now oh, there's no way he doesn't become a molester." Next week, episodes five through eight. Which are find Pulpo's fortune. Oh. I hope we get more emails telling us to be nice about Sketchy. I really do. <laughs> it's my favorite one. Through Sex Pistols appears part two. That wasn't an email. That was just some feedback okay. I got. I, I legitimately love whoever that is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh. So all right, we'll see you next time on Stand and deliver where i'm sure we'll talk about five easy pieces yep that's 
how this goes. One thing to lay on you cats and I'll split. That I am declaring war on anybody who sells drugs in our community. But Black Dynamite, I sell drugs in the community.